and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday for Torch Report 557. The Democratic plan to depopulate planet Earth by urging collective sacrifice. Friends, they have been working on this plan for decades, and they very nearly pulled it off, as we'll be getting into today. But first, of course, uh, we learned today that Mitch the Turtle McConnell is stepping down from his leadership role in the Senate, prompting howls of concern from the Mitt Romneys and Liz Cheney's in the world that they GOP is now Trump's party. It's Trump's party now. Oh my gosh, it's Trump's party because somehow Mitch McConnell was the last bulwark against MAGA. Really, friends, honestly, I don't give a damn. Frankly, dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, neither do I want to spend much time today on the fact that NATO is just about a half step away from declaring an open war with Russia. I know Francis Macron's getting all hot and heavy, uh, but that, that, that's just uh, just kind of an uneasy hat tip about uh, toward what's going on over there, because if it is NATO v. Russia, that does mean World War III, and of course that will definitely involve the good old U.S. of A. But, believe it or not, friends, we do have bigger fish to fry. All at once, we need to confront the fact that there is, in fact, an overarching trajectory to all of this madness. And that trajectory is aimed squarely at ushering us into the techno-dystopian hell known as Future Earth. As previously discussed by your favorite fuzzy peasant, this socialist environmental fantasy really amounts to an open-air digital prison that's designed to suck the living soul out of every person on the planet. (laughs) Of course, that's not how they're selling it. But the real kicker here is that they, the globalist regime, the secret global cabal, they are using weaponized AI and fifth-generation warfare to rewire the masses to accept all of this insanity. So I want to kind of set aside the how they're pulling it off for now uh, to focus on the what exactly are these guys up to? What are these greedy, scheming globalists up to? What are they really trying to do here? Are they really trying to take over the world, Luke? I mean, come on, that's crazy, right? Well, no, uh, it's not crazy, friends. I mean, yes, 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 they are trying to take over the world. And of course, if you've been with me, you know that's a a, uh, rhetorical question. But I want to circle back here to the Radical Climate Convention that we unearthed in Torch Report 555, the radical environmentalists secretly discuss how to starve the political resistance. And I want to hone in on that one agenda to rule them all. So in this report today, my aim is to illuminate the precise passages of international treaties and agreements that have been uh, giving the globalists such a death grip on national, state, and local level policies. So they've got this plan, it's been in motion, uh, and, and then they're trying to take over the world, but they're trying to do it legally through environmental regulation. That's kind of the gist of it. But today I want to examine exactly what these guys are up to by studying their language and then kind of backtracking from this current conference on uh, the, the UNIA conference going back to ascertain the sources of their various agendas. And I think when we do that, it becomes very clear that the secret cabal, to quote Rockefeller, the secret cabal is hell-bent on depopulating the planet 
and in and forcefully imposing their future Earth fantasies upon the unsuspecting masses of humanity. You know, and I know, that their ultimate goal is total control, friends. It's total control, complete and total control over every aspect of our lives. The Global Cabal aims to control what you can do, what you can eat, where you can go, and even what you can think. They aim to control, again, every aspect of your daily life, all under the auspice of saving the planet. Beyond that, they aim to control what you believe, to control the convictions that you cling to, and even to control how you behave as a human being. Now, psychologically speaking, all of this is achieved through subconscious taming, menticide, and the scientifically perfected methods of mind control that literally rewire the brain. We've studied that at length here at the Torch Report, but one need not have studied these processes to perceive the underlying intent here. So I want to kind of keep this 30,000 foot to see where it's all going. uh, Properly framed, the UN Sustainable Development Goals might be best understood as the tyrannical grip of environmental regulations dictating how you will live the rest of your lives. Agenda 2030 will actually control how your children's children live their lives and the rest of humanity forevermore, forevermore, forevermore. And to pull this off, the globalists are using the same justifications over and over again. We're going to you know, really look at their language here. Uh, quotes, unsustainable patterns of production and consumption, end quote. That's one example. But in their minds, unsustainable patterns of production and consumption are destroying the planet. Therefore, the globalists must control the means of production and consumption. That means they also must control the food supply, manufacturing, and energy production. Unsustainable patterns of human reproduction are also destroying the planet, and therefore, the global cabal must control the human population. They must control human reproduction. And, of course, they also necessarily have to reduce the entirely unsustainable number of meat-eating, mouth-breathing peasants living on planet Earth. So, in both cases, what we see is that this sense of justification stems from nothing less than a moral imperative to save the planet. Again, in the minds of those who have succumbed to this seductive climate cult conditioning, like saving Mother Earth, uh, it's the highest of moral high grounds. The, the, you know, little can compare to the fervor of this religious conviction. So from this twisted perspective, perspective, excuse me, anyone who denies climate change is a threat to the very future of humanity. We must realize that in their eyes, anyone who opposes so-called sustainable development is a deranged lunatic that's threatening global democracy. And make no mistake, my friends, we are, in fact, their mortal enemies. And Baked within the, uh, the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, is a strategy to deal with all these nasty, messy dissenters. But first, I think we need to connect some dots here. The uh, three dots in particular, one, the United Nations Environment and Assembly, the UNIA, they consider themselves, if you recall, the world's highest level decision-making body on environmental issues. I mean, nobody's more, uh, more uh, capable of making decisions better than these guys are. They are meeting this week 
to discuss and ultimately create the architecture for future environmental governance. Those were their words, not mine. They are discussing how to control your life because nobody knows better. They are the highest level of decision-making on the planet and that they're making the decisions based on environmental issues and environmental issues are the most important issues that trumps everything else, as we'll see. So... Uh, back in Torch Report 353, second dot here, introducing Earth Systems Governance. I elaborated on how environmental governance gives the global cabal leverage to control the world's economy and every sector, right down to the food on your plate. As Klaus Klaus Schwab has famously said, you will own nothing and be happy. And also, you will eat the bugs. <laughs> so, kind of connecting. They, they're going to make the decisions on how you live your life, right down to the food on your plate. Now, the third dot here, prior research uh, compiled over multiple reports. I did put a lot of links in the report today. Have, I've shown the connection between the radical green agenda, the alleged triple planetary crisis, the threat of the quadripartite, the quadripartite, and, of course, how... All of this has very cleverly been threaded into public health policy per the WHO's far-reaching One Health Joint Plan of Action. Now, planetary health health has been merged with public health. And squeezing these facts into a succinct and pertinent statement, suffice it to say that all roads lead to total control over a reduced population. Uh, via radical environmental regulations that destroy the food supply, via relentless vaccination campaigns that perpetually cause death and reproductive harm, they will reduce the human population. They believe they have a moral imperative to do so. Fortunately, the uh, this current UNIA conference, it provides us with a convergence of all these terrible agendas, and we can kind of dissect and study it because they got it all in one place. So what I want to highlight here today is how all of this is coming together right under our noses. It's happening. It's happening right now. So as I was pouring through UNIA's opening uh, plenary statements, the uh, all, all of their statements, opening statements from leaders around the world, they're, I mean, just absolutely dripping with altruism. But there was a particular passage that struck a chord with me, and I'll share it with you here. Quote, we, the UNIA, uh, people gathered at UNIA, we put forward suggestions based on UNEP's horizon scanning, which comes from our mandate to keep the environment under review, a mandate strengthened by the real plus 20 outcome on the future we want, period, end quote. Now, that caught me for several, several different reasons. For those unfamiliar the uh, horizon scanning, that's a tool that was developed by military intelligence. It's a precursory tool for to forming consensus. They use it for capacity building. In a nutshell, horizon scanning is how global leaders get tricked into believing that they're supporting whatever the so-called experts suggest. Uh, and then international treaties and global regu- regulations inevitable. International treaties and global regulations inevitably follow, but they don't realize they're getting led through this process really by the nose. And I also want to take note of the the line there, our mandate to keep the environment under review. Our mandate to keep the environment under review. What does that mean? It really alludes to 
their perceived moral imperative to impose environmental regulations on the on all of us, but it also hints at the use of Marxist critical theory uh, by keeping environmental issues under constant scrutiny in order to facilitate a dialectical dismantling of actual reality. This is how they have conditioned, psychologically conditioned, the bulk of global leaders to buy into this insidious depopulation agenda. So... That said, friends, the real juicy bit in that passage is uh, was the reference to the future we want. That's a capitalized future we want. It's a 41-page report, a document that links all of these, these agendas. And I put the link in there. Uh, check it out. Uh, it goes all the way back before Agenda 21, but it, it addresses and lines out the many different vectors and the iterations of this agenda that are playing out in the current moment. And in case there was any doubt whatsoever, I assure you that <laughs> this is not the future that we, the people, want. It's the future that the uh, radical, fanatical uh, climate cult and, you know, eugenicist global cabal, it's the future that they want, not the future that we want. So, I think perhaps most telling in the future that they want report is the reference to a 1994 conference held in Cairo, Egypt. It was called the International Conference on Population and Development. This is all preceding sustainable development goals, if you will. As the title suggests, the International Conference on Population and Development is all about population control. And I just, again, I'll share a little excerpt here written 30 years ago now. Quote, around the world, many of the basic resources on which future generations will depend for their survival and well-being are being depleted and environmental degradation is intensifying, driven by unsustainable patterns of production and consumption, unprecedented growth in population, widespread and persistent poverty, and social and economic inequality. Ecological problems such as global climate change, largely driven by unsustainable patterns of production and consumption are adding to the threats to the well-being of future generations. There is an emerging global consensus on the need for increased international cooperation in regard to population in the context of sustainable development for which Agenda 21 provides a framework, period, end quote. (laughs) A little bit lengthy there, but there's a lot in there. Uh, We see that sneaky consensus cropping up again. We see Agenda 21, which is the original depopulation agenda, for those who don't know. It's really kind of the first time they put it on the paper all into one plan. But let me ask you this. What do you think the global consensus is on unsustainable production, consumption, and population growth? It's unsustainable. I mean, what's the consensus here? Why? The consensus is nothing less than the future we want. It's the future we want. It's future effing Earth, as I was saying. And for those who have been following along, you know that this future is this insidious socialist fantasy known as future Earth. I've talked a lot about it. Future Earth comes complete with a a great inescapable global surveillance state. It comes complete uh, just as, uh, you know, a techno-dystopian hell for the two billion or so peasants Not 8 billion, but the 2 billion or so peasants that the rulers decide to keep around to do their housework. So that's what Future Earth is all about. It's it's an open-air digital prison over a reduced human population. Remember this. 
that according to the WEF, the World Economic Forum, our planet only has a carrying capacity of around 2 billion people. If everyone enjoys a, you know, an unsustainable modern lifestyle, that means about 6 billion meat eaters gotta go. And they've made it explicitly clear that they just don't need the vast majority of the human population. Fast forward to the early 21st century, and we just don't need the majority of the human population. Oh, that's nice, you know? But friends, this central philosophy is really the driving force behind the, all of the so-called sustainable development goals. This, uh, this is all said to be for tomorrow's children. That's the title of a report from the American, uh, brought to you courtesy of the American Eugenic Society, the WEF, and the Club of Rome. Tomorrow's children, you know. Uh, they're, they're using this mindset, if you will, to save the future generations, we have to proportion the human population. So the WEF, the Club of Rome, American Eugenic Society, and all that, they've brainwashed the minions, millions of useful idiots, into thinking that they're actually saving the planet. Anyone that knows anything uh, knows that we're not actually saving the planet, we're just advancing this insidious anti-human agenda. But If we draw upon their own expressed sentiment, again, looking at their own words, we know that all of this is intended to reduce the number of defectives, their words, not mine, in order to control the spread of social cancer. Again, their words, not mine. As always, friends, I think it's worth taking a moment to think about that. Let it sink in. Wow, they want to control the spread of social cancer by reducing the number of defectives? What? You know, what are they, what are they, you know? But look at their language. They tell us exactly what they intend to do. It is, therefore, incumbent upon us to take them at their word, assuming that they do mean to forcefully take control and depopulate the planet, and then we need to organize our resistance accordingly. The question here is how? And the answer, I believe, lies in exposing their intent. Friends, we need more people to understand what's going on here and what's at stake. We need to dig a little bit deeper. Just a little bit deeper. Uh, There's a little gem here from the 1994 Conference on Population and Development, and it says, Population growth is one of the most serious obstacles to world prosperity and sustainable development. We may soon be facing new famine, mass migration, destabilization, and even armed struggle as people compete for ever more scarce land and water resources. End quote. Now, Given the premise that population growth is the most serious obstacle, population is the most serious obstacle to sustainable development, uh, naturally the bulk of their agenda revolves around solving that problem. Uh, In other words, reducing the human population, reducing population growth, that's long been their top priority. If you read through it, it's, it's just... It's in there all over and over and over and again. Uh, and if you look back and kind of account for the rise in global policies on family planning, etc., I think we can see that they've actually been very successful, wildly successful over the last three decades. Moreover, they go on to say this, friends. I see the time. Might go just a minute long here. Uh, but, but they go on, they say this, quote, In order to achieve a sustainable balance between the number of people and the amount of natural resources that can be consumed, both the peoples of industrialized countries and the rich in the South 
have a special obligation to reduce their ecological impact. Period. End quote. Pause. (gasps) Do we really have a special obligation to achieve a sustainable balance? Does that actually exist? Are you aware of their plans to proportion the human population to achieve this balance? Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, friends, continuing on, they say, quote, only when people have the right to take part in the shaping of society by participating in democratic political processes will changes be politically sustainable. Only then can we fulfill the hopes and aspirations of generations yet unborn. We challenge this conference to answer its responsibility towards coming generations. We did not succeed in Rio with regard to population. We did not succeed in Rio with regard to population. Cairo must be successful for Earth's sake. Oh, for Earth's sake. Again, friends, we see the the, uh, moral imperative for Earth's sake. And again, we see the special obligation to reduce our ecological impact, i.e. to reduce the human population. But the big reveal there, friends, of course, is that all this is only made possible via the vehicle of global democracy, wherein the world's useful idiots are collectively conned into approving all the anti-human initiatives being imposed upon us by the ruling class elites. Friends, it works every damn time. It's always for the children. It's for the greater good. It's for Mother Earth. Friends, collective human sacrifice is in fact an infectious idea. They've been spreading it for years, and at this point it should go without saying that resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. I'm going to continue this into tomorrow. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, give me some love, subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling thought-provoking Thursday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.